We are, we kick it off on Easter with Jesus is our miracle and to realize that there are miraculous words in Romans. We're in the book of Romans. That's intentional of walking through the book of Romans and gleaning out of the book of Romans some very powerful words that are basically at the very core of what we have known as the true living gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. So, Jesus is coming again. Did you know that? Let me try that again. Wow. I'm I'm worried about you. Jesus is coming again. Yes, he is. And you, you know, maybe you're like, "Eh, not in my lifetime. You don't know. But, we are waiting, we're anticipating that God is coming again. And what a day that will be. Today I'm going to speak to you about a word, a miraculous word, called justification. I don't know if you've heard a message on that or done any study on it, but we're going to go into that a little bit today. Before I read that, yes, Jesus is coming Let me read to you out of Revelation in the end times. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it. The death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. How's that for a sobering introduction to the word justification? I say that because the word justification speaks to us of our guilt. Our guilt of sin. Our guilt of being separated from God. So we're going to speak to that today, that Jesus is the answer he has provided for us to stand completely right and just before God and not be subject of a judgment, a judgment that separates us forever from the presence of God. We are forever in the presence of God. So let me ask you, let's start this message and let me ask you, what if I told you that you could stand before a holy and a perfect God? You could stand right there in his presence, both right now and through your whole lifetime. And you would stand there with such boldness and confidence, complete confidence. And you would stand there with complete Peace and joy. 
Because frankly, we know it could be a little scary when you talk about the justice or the wrath of God. Man has had a hard time. We, we love to point out the grace and the mercy and the love of God, don't we? But believe me, he's a holy God and he is a just God. And he will take care of business. But he's provided a way through his son Jesus that we none of us, None of us need to live in that fear, that dread. How, how could it be that we could stand before a holy God? That you're completely holy, completely pure. Because if we know it says we've all sinned, we're all guilty. None of us is righteous. We all come sh up short. Romans tells us, hey, there's no one righteous. We say it to each other. No one's perfect. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. What makes us think we can stand in the presence of this holy, just God? So it's gonna, that's why we're going to open Romans. We're going to discover a miracle. The answer is the miracle of how God provided and made a way. He made a way to reconcile those two. Sin man and holy God. Sin man and holy God. How does he do that? Well, that's where the word justification comes in. When we say we are justified, that means we are declared completely righteous. We are declared completely righteous before God, completely reconciled, completely reunited. The gospel says anyone with faith who believes in what God, note this, what God has already done, not what God is going to do, but what God has already done. We get to draw from what God already did to declare us, to say, God says you're righteous. Not with your righteousness. Not with your neighbor's righteousness. Not with Dr. Charles Stanley's righteousness. Not with Billy Graham's righteousness. Not any person you know, you would call them righteous. You think they're pretty righteous. But believe me, they are not righteous with any righteousness of their own. And neither are you. We are righteous by the same righteousness of Jesus Christ. That's how God looks through those lenses. We're declared righteous. So today's message, today's message is this. Through your faith alone, in Jesus alone, Anyone, say anyone. anyone. Anyone can experience, and I like the word experience, God's provision of justification. Justification is a huge subject. It's like the, to me, it's like the golden ticket to receiving all of God's blessings. See, we're going to, we have all these words. We got the redemption. We got, you know, filled with the spirit. We've got. All of these words we're drawing out of Rome.
but I'm going to tell you, I'm a little biased, I'm a little prejudiced, prejudiced, biased about justification. Because justification is the gift, the gift See that box? See that gift? This word justification, where God declares you completely holy, pure, righteous, with the righteousness in Christ that you, you wear. That's the way he sees you. And because of that, all of the other things are also yours. They're yours. But this Martin Luther way back in the 1500s, you know that it was started with Martin Luther with the Reformation. Study church history a little bit, you realize there was a huge split from the Catholic Church through the person of Martin Luther who finally realized we're not saved by our own efforts, our own works, our own regulations of the church. Neither was Israel saved by that. But we are saved by grace. We are saved by faith alone, in Christ alone. And that's why this, he died for this doctrine. What I'm giving you right now, there's people that died for standing up for this doctrine. Actually, Jesus did too. He did. Martin Luther said this, the doctrine is the head, this doctrine right here, it's the head and the cornerstone. It alone begets, nourishes, builds, preserves, and defends the church of God, and without it, the church of God cannot exist. Not even for one hour. Luther understood that justification by faith alone was central to the gospel in Christianity. He said if the article of justification be once lost, then is all true Christian doctrine lost. One of his contemporaries, John Calvin, who came along a little later, but they overlapped in their life, he, he took the torch for this justification. He said, wherever the knowledge of it is taken away, the glory of Christ is extinguished. Religion is abolished. The church is destroyed. The hope of salvation utterly overthrown. That's some of the church fathers years ago. How about the apostle Paul? In the, when you look at the book of Acts and you read what Peter preached, you read what Paul preached. Paul included in his message all the time of this thing called justification. You being declared righteous because and in your faith in Christ. Look at Acts 13. Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you here it is. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin. A justification 
you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. So again, if we get into some definitions, if you're taking notes, uh, I'll give you this one. I'll give you this one by Dr. Jack Hayford, the late Dr. Jack Hayford. He said this, justification. It's the divine act whereby sinners, and I keep using this word, and it is purposely, I want you to get this, that you're declared righteous. So he said, sinners are declared, not made righteous. This is not semantics, folks. This is very, very significant because you can live in a life where you think, I'm not righteous. I'm working on it. I'm in process. But know that when you first come to faith in Christ, that he says, you are righteous. He declares you righteous. You're not made righteous. Like some will even say, oh, justification is being made right with God. Well, it's not being made right with God. It's being declared right with God. There's a big difference. Because if you put, keep putting made in there, you'll keep on thinking you, you still have to. Yeah? Calvin defined it this way, all, as of all mankind are in the sight of God, lost sinners. We hold that Christ is their only righteousness, since by his obedience, he has wiped off our transgressions. By his sacrifice, he appeased the divine anger by his blood. He washed away our sins. By his cross, he bore our curse. And by his death, he made satisfaction for us. Justification is always, to you and to me, a gracious and it's a judicial act of God, whereby a soul is granted complete absolution. It is the scene of standing in the courtroom or standing before the throne of God itself, as we read in Revelation, that you're standing there before the presence of God, completely naked, no defenses, no excuses, nothing that you can present for your case. Because you are as guilty as sin unless you have come into a full faith in Jesus Christ. And it's in that connection with Christ. See, it's not faith itself that justifies you. Get that right. Faith alone is not what justifies you. It's faith in Christ that connects you with what Christ did to appease the Father, the just God, that makes you and declares you completely right and pure in God's sight. Come on, is that good news or what? May we live like it. May we start living like it. Because there's a lot of Christians walking around feeling shame and, and nakedness and, you know, guilt, condemnation, really, all the time. But it's a judicial act of God. He's declared you. So if we go into Romans and we dive a little deeper, we have, a, we have two communities in Romans. 
You know the first one well. When you read from Romans 1 to Romans 3, you'll discover that we're, we are a sinful, corrupt community. Characterized by sin and guilt. But the second is a community of grace and truth. And that's what we're focusing on. But it really is a good news, bad news scenario, isn't it? The bad news is, man, you're in trouble. Those first three chapters of Romans says you're in trouble. You're sinners. You have no excuses. You're separated from God. You're left to your own devices. And it goes along and goes along. I want you to read the book of Romans in these coming weeks. Start reading the book of Romans. Read through those first, especially those first five chapters. Those first five chapters will be awesome to you. Because you're reading along through one through three, and then you get, you've read how bad it is, how lost we are, how corrupt we are, how doomed we are. And then there's just two little words. Two little words. Write it down. It's Romans 3.21. That's where the break is. You've read along all the way up through Romans 3, 20. And then 21 comes and it says, but now. You were in sad shape. You were in trouble. You were hopeless. Your situation was bad. But now. Now there's good news. It's coming. Go to Romans 3, 21. Probably on the slide. There it is. God, but now God has shown us a way <laughs> to be made right with him. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. Romans 1.17, the good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scripture said, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. We keep trying to be good. We keep trying to be better. We keep trying to be good enough. And we find out religion doesn't work. If anything, it exasperates everything, doesn't it? The more you try, the more you fail. But what's the answer? The answer is, it comes from God himself. So I want you to note this statement. I think I've said this statement in another message. I'm going to say it again. When you understand that you're fully justified, fully declared righteous in God's sight because of your faith in Christ, now this is the way you live. This is the way you live. You live from that acceptance. You live out of that acceptance. You don't live for that acceptance. Stop living for your acceptance. Because that's where you hope to be made right with God, with your faith and your righteousness and your strength. When he's already done it for you. Romans 3.27, so where does that leave our proud Jewish insider claims and counterclaims canceled. 
Yes, canceled. What we've learned is this. Note this. God does not respond to what we do. We respond to what God does. Everything's flip-flopped, everybody. So the two words, little words, but now, are game changers in Romans. Here's another one. We're going to go there. Another game changer word in Romans is the word therefore. Therefore. Since all of that and that and that and that and that and all of this is the, what, what has happened, that we're saved by faith in Jesus Christ, therefore, Romans 5, 1 and 2, therefore, since we have been made right, notice the past tense. It's already done. It's already there. That's the way God sees you. You've been made right in God's sight. We have peace with God. God's no longer mad at you. Stop fighting. Stop thinking he's angry. Stop stressing. Stop striving. It's okay. It would be like young parents with their child and he's just frantic. He's not okay. And dad's holding him and he keeps telling him, I've got you. I've got you. It's over. No, it's over. It's really over. He's not going to hurt you anymore. That's not going to hurt you anymore. You're with me now. It's all right. We have peace of God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done. Say, has done. Has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought, say, has brought into the place of undeserved access, privilege. And we now stand and we're confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing. Romans 4, 5 to 8. People are counted as righteous. Not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. And then he says this. Paul says this. Remember King David? I'm writing a thousand years later. But know this, David had this revelation. King David in his worship time, King David in his life and his communion and his relationship with God, he got this revelation. Even David also spoke when he described, in the NLT it says, the happiness, the happiness. Yes, we can have happiness, church. The happiness of those who are declared righteous without working for it. That's David. Oh, what a joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight. Yes, what joy to those whose record has been cleared of sin. Because justification is, as Jack Hayford would say, it is as if you never sinned. 
We have a hard time getting our arms around that one. No memory. I, I told you about the memory. In Romans 8, 1, we know it well. We, we quote this, don't we, believers? There is there now, there is therefore, there is therefore, now, no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Right now. So since we've been made right with God, you have already been made right with God. What blessings, experiences might we expect? We're going to open the present. We're going to conclude with seven particular things. Justification. I said this is the cornerstone. This is the foundation. This is the gold standard. This is the gold ticket. This is everything that once you've entered into experiencing and knowing confidence and assurance that you stand totally, totally right with God. The other things are easily accessible and easy to embrace. So we open up the package and we look at our scripture. I'm taking it right out of Romans. All seven of these are out of Romans. And it goes with that five, one, and two. Because God already told us in five, one, that we've been made right with God, we have peace with God. We have been made righteous with God. So the first one that comes up, no condemnation. Now since we have been declared righteous, we have a righteousness, but not like righteousness that we've ever known. Because this is the same righteousness not something different. Just like we say we have the same spirit, Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, we have the same righteousness that Christ had. Because we're justified. Because we're declared righteous. So there it is. And of course, that carries its own little gift that comes. God says those who believe in Christ, he says, I impute righteousness to you. I give righteousness. That means your faith is connected to you to Christ. The second one, it's in Romans. Because you've been justified, because you've been declared right, you have absolute forgiveness. No sin, there isn't anything you can do or not do. It cannot be forgiven. You are forgiven in him. Some would say, this is not a biblical word. We're promised joy, but we can't be happy but I read it to you. <laughs> I read it to you in the translation. This is King David that said happiness is with those who their sins have been forgiven and they have been made right. So yes, happiness is yours. Can you imagine a prisoner that has been accused of a crime and he comes into the courtroom 
and the gavel goes down and he said, not guilty, not guilty, no sins. In fact, I completely, I don't even know what you did. You don't think that guy would be happy? You don't think he'd do a little courtroom dancing? We're going to dance in the courts. One, two, three, four. Confidence. Confidence. This is a big one. This is kind of no, you know, you're not quite connecting and agreeing with what God says about you. Agreeing with what the word says about you. Agreeing what the justification is for you. Because you're, you still got some reserve. You don't quite have the confidence because justification gives you confidence and joy not what does that mean it means I like I read the judgment at the end times some people get scared they get scared I think it can be considered normal oh but we need to have a little fear of the Lord pastor yeah we do but we also need to have a confidence in that God has provided everything for us so that we need not dread, dread death, dread judgment. So confidence and joy, not dreading the future, but looking forward, looking forward. <laughs> no condemnation. No condemnation. There is, therefore, now, no condemnation because Christ has, has already taken care of you. He's already done it for you. I can't imagine how our lives would change. How different we would be with people and relationally with people and relationally with God if we were really free and believe all of these things are ours because we have been justify because I'll be honest with you if you don't get this you'll never receive these to their fullness and what they're intended for you just won't because if this doesn't happen there will be no complete joy there will be no complete happiness there will be no complete sense of confidence of even your sins being forgiven. And you won't be able to fully receive the love of God. There's people sitting in our church pews and chairs today that they cannot receive the kind of love that God wants to give them. And it's because this, this 
they have, their eyes have been blinded to this being provided for them. And because of that, peace with God. Peace with God. In other words, no more conflicts. No more worry about being enemies with Christ. That he's your ally. You trust him to be true to you in every manner. Peace. Shalom. I know we preached a whole series on that. Lastly, full access. Access. Say the word access. That means you had something that wasn't accessible to you. Wasn't approachable to you. But now, because you have (laughs) declared righteous with the righteousness of Christ and your faith in what he has already done for you, he gives you full access into this grace. This grace. Ability. It's ability Christ gives to the justified. He gives to the justified to come intimately close to him and his grace through Christ. We have unlimited access. Yes? Yes. When we say the gospel is the good news, what in the world do we mean? Here it is. Some people say, are you preaching the full gospel? Well, we're working on it. Let's keep preaching the gospel, but keep preaching the full gospel. Because there's a lot of gospel messages out there that is not the gospel. Paul Paul went up against that all the time. He had to go up against this stuff all the time. Because people will always go back to wanting to do things for works. We're prone to do that. Because we can't believe it's true. It's too good to be true. Only God is good. And for us, he's just too good. But he really is that good. So concluding today, what would your life be like? What would your life, my life be like if we had a confidence and knew absolutely for sure, for sure, that your acceptance and your approval before God was as sure as the standing of Jesus Christ, his son. What if you could stand in the presence of God with the same confidence up next to Jesus. Standing in his presence right there. As far as your approval and your acceptance, this isn't one of those things that you get to come to the Father's house and Jesus gets the master bedroom and you get the guest house. 
what he's telling us is, you're all mine. Jesus was the first fruit of many brethren. I know that's hard, but it's true. It's really true. What would our lives be like? Christ offers us today. It's a gift, everybody. You say, how do I get this? How do I get this? How do I get this? It's a gift that you receive. I receive it. I receive Jesus and what he did for me as paying the price that I deserved. Christ offers us this gift. If you see him as true and precious, if you receive the gift as your greatest treasure in life and you trust in it, what will happen? You will have peace that passes all understanding. You will be a much more secure person. In fact, if you start getting accused of being a little cocky, as far as your relationship with God, you might be on the right track. He knows your heart anyway. He knows <laughs> yes, 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 all of it, all of it. The prophetess has come. <laughs> Hallelujah. They're all reusable except one. <laughs> I had to tape one. Your tour. Um, you'll be a secure person. Here's another one. You won't need the approval of others. This will, this will completely dismantle your people-pleasing. It really will. You will not need the ego supports of wealth, power, or revenge. You'll be free. You'll overflow with love. And you'll lay down your life. You, you ever wonder what it would take to be a martyr? To be a martyr means you probably got all that going on. You got such confidence and peace and assurance. You're not afraid of anything. Only one thing you know for sure. You love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I lay it out in my life for my Jesus. Whatever he wants. All because he justified me. He went to court for me, and he declared me completely righteous. Let's bow our heads. Father, I pray for anyone in this room. I pray for anyone online that they are not completely sure they've embraced. They're not sure they have completely put their faith in you and in everything you've done for them. That they don't feel fully justified. They don't feel right. But Lord, we want to feel and believe and experience complete righteous rightness in your sight. 
So Lord, right now, we come to you. We say yes to you, Lord. We receive your justification because we believe in you, Jesus, that you paid for it all. We go back to the cross and the cross speaks of everything that is ours. The cross speaks of everything that is ours. So Lord, we say yes to you. We believe right now. Restore, rekindle. Rekindle, Lord, the revelation of who we are in you. We give you praise. Does anyone need prayer? Does anyone needs prayer for whatever it might be? We'll take a couple of minutes here. We have a couple of minutes. You just stand up from your chair, or if you can't stand up, you'd prefer to stay seated, just wave, wave your hand or lift your hand up if you need prayer. Anyone need prayer today? This is the one place we get to do this. <laughs> That's all right. Everybody lift your hands. As unto the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I pray, Lord, you will even come into our sleep tonight. May we have dreams, Lord, of your great gifts to us, what you have provided for us, how it's so miraculous. Lord, your word is so miraculous how it comes into our life and transforms us, changes us, renews us. Continue to speak to us, Lord, as we contemplate what you would have us do for the miracle in Arizona. God, speak to our hearts. Lord, I pray for Gateway Clovis. Lord, I'm grateful for all of us that are here. Lord, may you put it in our heart. May you put it in our heart with this sense of urgency and sensitivity and say in our heart, it's good we're here. But Lord, who do you want here? Who's not here that you want here? Lord, use me. Use me, Lord. May we cross paths with people that need you. May we cross paths with people that need an encounter with you and they need a family to be placed in, Lord, a place of worship, a place of your word. May you come, Lord, and grow this church. We're asking you, Lord, in Jesus' name, to grow this church, to multiply this people, to bring them from the north, the south, the east, and the west. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, everybody. Thank you for listening to our Gateway Sermon Podcast at our Gateway City Church Clovis Campus. 
we'll be releasing a new episode every week, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out. Gateway City Church is one church that meets in multiple cities. To find us or to learn more, visit mygatewaycity.church. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you right here next week.